0: To get started, learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, December 15th, and we're delighted that you're joining us today. We always want to remind you that the way that you get in touch with us, And the way that we can help you figure out whatever financial goal, objective, hurdle, I don't know, pitfall lies ahead is to send us an email. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And, you know, the neat thing is that because Mark is so super smart, he has figured out how he can get other voices on the air. And so if you want to join us on the air, Just let us know in that email. That is what Rachel did. She is on the line from Colorado. Welcome, Rachel. What can we do to help you out today?
1: Well, Jill, I'm asking for some advice. I met with a financial planner recently whose services were provided to me for free through my employer, um, and he recommended some financial products that I'm not very comfortable with or I'm not understanding very well. And I wanted to get your opinion. I don't want to miss out on something that is a good idea for me, but I'm not sure that these complicated products are a good idea.
0: Mm, My theory on life is the more complicated it is, the less I'm interested in it. That's kind of about like relationships and products. So, Rachel, (laughs) tell us a little bit about
1: your life. Um, Well, I'm 54 years old. I would like to be ready to retire at 60. I don't know for sure if I will, but I'd like to know that I have the option I'm single, never married, no children, no dependents. Um, I make $109,000 a year. I don't have any debt except my mortgage, which I'll have paid off by the time I'm 60. I have a pension that includes employer-sponsored health coverage. So it's great. It's great. Um, I've always considered that the conservative fixed income part of my portfolio. And so all of the other money I have in retirement accounts or in non-qualified accounts is in the stock market.
0: Rachel, let me just ask a quick question. The pension, tell me a little bit about that. When are you entitled to that at retirement? Do you have to wait till a, a certain age and number of years of service? How does it work?
1: It's 60 years or 30 years of service. And so when I get to 60, I'll have, I should have 29 years. And what's the pension amount if you take that when you're 60 years old?
0: It'll be about 63000 a year. Whoa, that's huge. Is that amount of money enough to support you as you kind of read through the tea leaves of your current cash flow?
1: I think it is. I'm anticipating my expense monthly expenses to be around 3500 and that's building an extra for things I might want to do in retirement. Hmm. So just depending on what taxes are like at that point. But
0: it's pretty close. It's be
1: close. Yeah. Okay,
0: great. That's fantastic. So I love how you just framed that the, the decision making process on the pension versus the rest of the money you have invested that you look at the pension as fixed income because it really is. I mean, you're absolutely right. So the rest of the money that you have saved, you said is all in stock market investments. Is that right?
1: Right.
0: Okay. Tell me about what else is out there. What What are the other investments that you've made?
1: I have about, of course, the numbers all seem inflated right this minute because of the stock market bull run lately, but I have about 400,000 in a Roth IRA, about 300,000 in a Roth 403B. Um, I have 185,000 in a traditional 403B and about 50,000 in a rollover IRA. I have about a little over 1 million in non retirement investment accounts.
0: Okay. So my number one
1: reaction is it's a
0: miracle that someone hasn't snapped you up with that financial balance sheet. It's uh, a beautiful one. If we ever launch the Jill on Money dating site, I would say, objectively speaking, you're a catch girl. So this is amazing. I mean, really, the the amount of money you have saved is terrific. Quickly, almost $2 million that's set aside. Fantastic. You said the house is going to be paid off. You've got the pension. So we don't have to worry about anything in your future. So what on earth could someone be proposing for you, considering you're in such amazing shape as
1: is? Well, his argument is that I need to take some money off the table and play defense, not just play offense. You know, I've heard that before, and I understand that it's rare to have that much in the stock market. So I guess I kind of have two questions embedded in this question. One is, is it reasonable to think about the pension as my conservative part of my portfolio, and that's enough diversification that everything else can be in the stock market? He proposed a single premium fixed index deferred annuity, which is too much of a mouthful already. Um, And then Universal Life Insurance or Index Universal Life, he gave me several different products and showed me a whole lot of numbers and charts. And there was a lot of sales talk that had guaranteed no downside in it, which makes me suspicious right off the bat.
0: Uh, Rachel, you have a fantastic BS meter in your belly and it has gone off and the alarm has been raised. Terrible ideas for you. Absolutely awful. Let's start with the first question, and that is, if I wanted to reduce the risk in my portfolio, how would I do it and where would I do it, right? So I think the the first part of that is pretty easy, which is if you're 100% in stocks, and even if you think that the pension is your fixed account, you could still say, basically take a, a, a less risky attitude. And where would I do that? I might do it in, say, the Roth IRA, the Roth 403B, the traditional 403B, because there would be no, there would be absolutely zero tax consequence in doing that. Now, I mean, normally in financial planning and retirement planning, we sort of say, like, well, no, take the most risk in your Roth IRA because it's the last dollar you're probably going to access. I doubt you're going to access any of this money, frankly. But that being said, if you were to look at reducing risk you would say instead of being 100% in stocks i'll pull that back i might go into some you know intermediate term bond funds which really kind of look crappy right now but over the long term it does act as a buffer against downward pressure and you could do that across those accounts i mean the problem with doing it in your taxable account is you got to pay taxes right so i would say that the taxable account is really the place where you know, if you want to take money off the table, the way I would take money off the table in that account would be to use it as maybe charitable if you're so inclined, or just, you know what, pay the darn capital gains rates, you know, when you need to. And uh, maybe when you retire, and you're, you know, you're, you're looking at, a, you know, you're, you're still in the 15% tax bracket, basically, you know, you could take a little bit off the table every now and then, fine. But other than that, I would not do a lot. And you know what? These products, they're terrible because they are not only hard to say, they are not only complex, but they're expensive. So the idea of there's no downside, the no, yeah, no downside if someone else is paying the sales charges. I presume this is someone, you know, you said through the workplace, but this is not someone who is a fiduciary. This is not someone who is a who has to put your best needs first. So, you know, frankly, I don't know where – you said it was a he. I don't know where he thinks the money is coming from to fund this. But if he is suggesting to take a whole bunch of money out of your investment account, pay the tax, and then roll it into something that's going to have another complex tax hit later in your life – then that's really a doubly bad idea. If he's suggesting it for your Roth IRA, if that's the case, then it, it could not be a worse decision to make, put it into that kind of a product.
1: He said he was a fiduciary because I asked that question. There's, I can't
0: believe it. I cannot believe. Okay. If he is, then boy, that that is some stretch of the imagination to think about using one of these products. Honestly, run the other way you have done a fantastic job on your own. There is no place for this kind of product in your life. You are doing a beautiful job. And you know what? If you Again, if you want to reduce some of the risk, sure, that's fine. You don't need him or some crazy product that's really expensive. You know, it's frankly, I I almost feel like I want to call your employer and say, stop having people talk to this dude, because that's just not right. It isn't. And so I think you're in fantastic shape, Rachel. And and I have to say that it is with uh, a heaviness of heart that I apologize on behalf of the financial services industry that you had to even ask this question. But your, your BS meter was on target. So you're in great shape. You've done a terrific job. And you don't need to these products.
1: I had one more question related because I think other people might hear this kind of sales pitch too he said there are no fees to these products. And I know that's not possible. I know there's got to be a cost somewhere, but I didn't know how how to identify where that cost was. Well, when you get that 100-page
0: prospectus, it's buried in the fine print. Every one of these products has a fee associated with it. It would usually come up in a sales charge or an annual expense ratio that gets sucked out of the product itself. And by the way, just one question. If you anyone listening to this gets a sales pitch like that, well, how do you get paid, advisor? You work for the Red Cross? <laughs> is that what you do? I mean, this is insanity. These people are just full of crap. It should not be so hard. You should have upfront, hey, it costs you 5% upfront. This is how we get paid. Or this is how much I get paid. This is how much the product will cost you every single year. There's no fees. Oh, really? I'm sure the insurance company would be very happy to tell me that the, I don't pay anything. And yet, what? Are they, how do they stay in business? It's a yeah. miracle, isn't it?
1: It is. It's magic.
0: It is magic. Oh, God, Rachel, thank you for calling. This has been. I mean, I, I, if I can just prevent, and if your example helps other people really connect with their BS meters, thank you a hundred million percent because it is, as you said, it's something that others are hearing. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Jill. Okay. If you would
0: like to pass the sniff test of the Schlesinger Telercio Jill on Money sniff test, and you have a question about something that's been pitched to you, just like Rachel, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you are really struggling with this decision, it is better to come on the air with us because I can ask a lot of follow-up questions. So just let us know, send us an email, or if you're on the website at jillonmoney.com, of course you can hit the contact button. We'll be there for you. As always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and please do something nice for someone else today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.